right, KISS Army. Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. We hope that you enjoy. 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 Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. Today I'm joined by Daniel Wheeze on the board. Hi. And the voice of reason, 69th Blizzard. How's it going? And Lonnie may be able to surmount his technical issues and join us, in which case St. Louis Kiss will be in the house. And if not, <laughs> well, we're going to start anyway. So, Lonnie, thank you for your effort trying to join the show today. Um, first of all, anyone catch the Paul Stanley interview with John Bonamassa last night? Because I have not. Ken, you're mm-hmm. nodding your head affirmatively, so can you give us a brief precy about all mm-hmm. the succulent points that he raised, if any? <laughs> um, you know, I, I watched it, and I was waiting for something new and interesting, and I really didn't get anything. It's pretty much everything you've heard Paul talk about before. He talks about, you know, they talk about the Phantom, you know, his, his run on the Phantom of the Opera and and things like that and and uh, a little bit of the early stuff about you know seeing the birds and concert and and other stuff and then oh Lonnie got his uh, eighty eighty six computer working. I had the I had the um, change com- I had the change computers. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was good. Washing machines, computers, you just don't have much luck at the moment. <laughs> no, I do not. Not at all. <laughs> all right. So um, I guess so the Paul Stanley interview, otherwise, like I said, it, it was really not a lot of new, interesting things. Uh, they did talk about how, you know, difficult it is these days getting into the music industry and that sort of stuff. Um teeny bit of wicked lester but again it's it was all everything you know we've heard before and it's, it was kind of very boring for me actually um so but you know you may like it someone else may like it uh it's just it maybe they haven't heard some things before you know i guess check it out and decide for yourself no thank you for summarizing it now i don't need to Lonnie, you you didn't much. That was you didn't miss much. The first question was if you'd seen the Paul Stanley interview on John Bonamassa's podcast last night. I have not. Ken's the only one who did apparently. And I have not either. You know, I maybe that makes me a bad Kiss fan, but I I have not. It it doesn't. For for some reason, I just had a good feeling that what Ken just described is exactly what we were going to get. I mean, there's nothing really going on, so there wasn't going to be any kind of earth earth shattering announcement or something like that. Or, you know, I, I had a good feeling there's going to be more of the same tired spiel that we've gotten recently. So I I didn't wake up this morning. Ooh, I got to listen to that on my way to work this morning. No, fair enough. You know, there there is some cool YouTube video. Actually, it's on Vimeo, and do go to peterchris.net to see it where it was actually meant to be watched rather than giving clicks to YouTube channels that may not necessarily have permission to be showing it. But Peter Chris, the cat man, let's mm-hmm. see if I can raise the shirt slow enough, uh, doing <laughs> Don't You Let Me Down, uh, you know, singing along to his CD. 
but he's he's there he's all set up in his home looking comfortable looking fantastic for me that was money daniel did you see it and what were your thoughts on the cat man's you know i guess debut during the covid shutdown yeah i watched it and um, i was pretty taken aback by his performance because i think it's pretty incredible that the guy who is most inactive and the furthest away from the limelight is the one who's actually shining. I think his vocals were great. Many people made comments on the reverb uh, and the sound of, of that, but uh, I think he did a great performance and it was really nice to see him again. It was a long time ago. Yeah, so one thing I will ask each of you who who watched it is if Peter was to do another, what would be your one pick that you would love for him to do? And I'll, I'll rope back around to you, Daniel, after I've uh, spoken to everyone else about it. Ken, your thoughts on Peter Chris's performance? Yeah, I watched it, um, yesterday, well, yesterday um, and I thought it was great. Um, I know he's pretty much singing to his, his you know own recording but uh it sounded great uh it looks like he was really into it um and finally a sorry <laughs> sorry for just, just laughing at me it's okay. too funny uh <laughs> out of screen there um but uh it's he's the only one that so far that's done it pretty much well besides maybe like really bruce Kulik or something, uh, a full song, you know, just did a full performance. Whereas, you know, I know I know Paul's done a little bit of this and that, but uh, man, I'd, I'd love to see each of them, you know, try to do some more or do a full song performance, whether or not even singing to your own tape of it or CD or whatever it is of the song. Um, that's fine. It's still, it's cool and interesting. I'd yeah. like to see more. Absolutely. Agree. Would love to. So you had time to think when I was uh, talking with Daniel. If you got to pick one song and say, hey, Peter, I'm your biggest fan. Would you please sing for me? What would it be? Ooh, that's our one. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to yeah, you. Come, come back to me. Does it have to be a solo song or a kiss song? Or? It's a song that you want Peter to sing. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. let me think about that. I, I don't think Peter's going to turn into a jukebox, but, uh, you know, oh, it, ne sure. it, it never hurts to throw some ideas out there. All mm -hmm. right, Lonnie, if you've uh, finished shaking the world up. Um... Sorry about that. I was trying to, I'm using a backup computer. I was, thought I'd put a, try to put a better camera on here. Sorry. I didn't think it was going to automatically turn on when I plugged it in the USB. But um, it, I saw it. I thought it was good. I thought it, I thought it was cool. It was good for Peter to to get out there and do something. Um, like he like he said, it's more than we've seen from from the other guys as of late. So I thought it was I thought it was fun. Um, yeah, he's just singing to his CD, but I mean, he looks at peace and he looks he looks happy. You know what I mean? So I was I was very happy to see that. Um, and I, I thought it was I thought it was great. You know, I thought it it was fun. So. What would I like to hear Peter sing? I guess for, in, in that type of setting, I'd like to see him do Hard Luck Woman in that type of setting. I think that'd be, would be, I know Paul Stanley wrote it, but it'd be, it's Peter's song. You, Peter, you know, you hear Hard Luck Woman, you, it's, you know, 
you can't help but think about Peter. So I think in that type of setting, I think hard love woman would be really cool. But I could see him doing Beth though at the end of the day though, just because of what it what that song means to him and what that song meant to Kiss. So, but hard love woman would be my choice. Nice. I'm gone. Oh. Didn't take me too long, but I, I would go with Dirty Living. I'd love to hear him sing that one. Uh, that one's growing on me over the, you know, over time, and uh, it's a great performance. You know, of him on that, and see if he, you know, still has the chops, you know, for that. Yeah, good point. I mean, I'd I'd also love for him just to do a, like a couple minute intro to the song, just talking about it and what it means mm. to him. You know, um, the, yeah, the, con- the context was set up nicely on the Peter Chris website that they said why he was doing it, um, you know, everything that kind of led up to him, you know, filming it and, and all that, which is nice. I love the story, but I'd love to hear, you know, Peter talking about his songs, mainly because, you know, you know, I've bugged him for interviews over the years, uh, haven't done one, but, you know, that's the stuff I'm right. most interested in. It's song yeah. stories love that i enjoy writing them obviously as well so uh daniel have you thought of your song well uh, it's a no-brainer if i was that friend who, who filmed him i would grab a guitar and uh, ask him to sing black diamond of course mm-hmm. one of the best kiss songs ever of course it's a kind of a different song than uh, the slow song he was doing uh, last time here but but uh, it would be pretty interesting to he- hear him kind of do that one because it was a long time ago uh, or if he didn't want to do that one we would play uh, Strange Ways maybe that's a good one as well mm. wow indeed okay. was that in the set in New York I think it was um, don't remember Strutter Strutter certainly was I think for me I, I thoroughly enjoyed it I geeked out completely when I saw that pop up and I was like oh yeah uh. and you know that it was a song that he hadn't done that night in New York City and and done in Melbourne, obviously, just thrilled me no end. And I think the money part was at the end, where he kind of looks at the camera and you just see the pure joy. And and that's something, that was better than anything. That was medicine in a look. That for all these tough times that everyone's going through across the world, there's Peter Chris, you know, dialing in an Mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful performance. You know, in his living room, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame statue up on his mantelpiece. There's nothing better, and that's my pick for a nope. song. There's nothing better from Out of Control. Oh, obviously, a song okay. that he brought into the Dynasty sessions uh, with Kiss. Deep cut. That, that wasn't used. No, but it's also lighter, because if Peter's going to do this mm-hmm. in his living room in his beautiful home. I don't think he's going to be setting off pyro and doing Black Diamond. No offense, Daniel. But you could do um, an acoustic version of Black Diamond pretty... Yeah, but if you're, singing, if, if you're singing along to your CD as a backing thing... No, you know, but the guy next to him should grab the guitar and play. And it's, yeah, but the, the guy, guy next should... to him may play guitar as badly as me, and I, you don't necessarily... <laughs> you, you know, there's so many songs. You know what? Frankly, I don't care. You know, if he did another one, I'd just be yeah, happy anything. to enjoy mm-hmm. it because it's yeah, positive. Yeah. And looking through the thread on the FAQ, I, I eventually, after several pages, had to delete a, you know, <clears> when <throat> people started bickering with each other. But the comments about the performance were all positive. Everyone was thrilled. And again, that's the joy of music. People were generally very excited when Paul put a Soul Station song on and did that as well. 
people in this time go back to the music and the joy mm-hmm. and that was really cool alright so let's move on to more to more music because it would be criminal not to mention the Rock and Roll Residency EP dropped last Friday. Uh, it's got, what, seven songs? One's an instrumental, one's a cover, and the rest of them. So I've had a chance to listen to this quite a few times, and I get the feeling like nearly each one of these songs could have been written for another band. Um, mm-hmm. Feeling could have been by Angel or Cheap Trick. The real thing comes along is really ACDC-ish. Uh, come alive, big monster riff. Well, I, I can't quite put my finger on what band that might be. UFO, perhaps. This is heaven. Love the vocal on that. Um, 70s blues rock, maybe Nugent. Don't push me. I could hear Ace singing, and of course the insane cover of Crazy Horses. Anyone else heard it? And what are your thoughts? I heard it uh, yesterday, um, and I thought I thought it was great. All the music's great. The performance is great. Uh, they're in there, really good um, songs. Um, one of them made me, f- parts of one song made me f- think of Ace's, uh, maybe it was the first song, uh, of Ace's you know, solo album material, of some of the other stuff that he kind of tried on the solo album. Uh, it gave me that flavor. Um, and then, there, yeah, there's other music that made me feel like, man, I've heard... This is in the style of something. I just, I, I was like, man, I, I can't place it. You know, I didn't know if it was foreigner or something. You know, some classic rock uh, group. And uh, but yeah, it was, it was all really good stuff. I mean, just hearing it one time was, you know, it was very, really good. I, I imagine if I hear it, you know, a bunch more times, it would get even better. So it was good. Yeah, I'd meant to listen to it a lot more today, but today was Caress of Steel Day, so I was listening to nothing but that. Uh, either what Rush, Rush, Caress of Steel, all day I love long. that album. I, yeah, uh, criminally, <laughs> I love criminally underrated. Absolutely love it to pieces. Uh, there's one part in what is it, The Necromancer, that just goes mm-hmm. insane guitar. Uh, Lonnie, Daniel, either of you oh, heard yeah. the Rock and Roll Resonance? I heard it. Yeah, I heard it. Uh, I listened through it. Uh, good stuff. Uh, bit of a Gene Simmons solo album feel, feel to it. it. It was such a mix. It felt almost felt like, uh, as you said, it was songs from different bands. So it didn't feel like, you know, a, a record to me. You know, like when you listen to Revenge, you have a certain style through the songs. It felt, I, I'm, I don't find the word, a, a mixture of influences uh, but hell that, that was probably what they were going for so um, it's good songs well they are the rock and roll residency who uh, kind of yeah, yeah, make a living so, doing covers and having uh, yeah. you know all those different influences come through Lonnie yeah I've listened to it um, you know very very diverse like you guys have said um, I haven't kind of like Julian I haven't listened to it as much as I as I would like to yet Um but I will. It's on my playlist for the weekend. So, um, but I, I enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's just good to hear new music sometimes too. You know what I mean? So good music by by good musicians. So um, I enjoyed it, and I'm and I'm looking forward to really digging into it some more this weekend. Nice. I was gonna say I was gonna say you know sign those guys up for Kiss 2.0. I mean, bring them on. That's another show. 
<laughs> That's another show, an episode. Uh, okay. Well, you you know Phil's got the Gene Simmons style bass playing down, without mm-hmm. a doubt. So who knows? Yeah. They, they, those guys can play, they can sing, they can dance. They could do it. Damn. Yeah, they can do it all. They're the complete. Isn't one of them in Accept? German. Has yeah, has done work yeah, with them or touring. They were work. huge here in the eighties. Except. Except. Oh, I remember. Yeah. And of course, oh, Ryan true. was uh, hair of the dog. So, some some good stuff. And mm-hmm. before we move into, you know, we're going to do some random topics today. But before we do, it would be a crime not to mention another new release if you're looking for some new music. And uh, one of our, well, I won't say colleague, one of our, well, one of the other Kiss podcasts, Three Sides, Mark Cicchini, has a new album out with his band Left for Dead. So. Uh, Check it out if you so desire. Uh, it's good working class rock and roll, which is uh, blue collar rock. Check out the samples on Amazon. I think it's up on iTunes as well. Uh, you know, you, you need something to listen to. You want something new to listen to? Why not? Someone in the community. All right, let's get into some of the topics that have been floating around on Facebook and on the FAQ in the past week. Um, the rockologists or other private pressings. How important, if you support any of those projects, are the number sequences to you? And this was like a really weird one. I'm like, because I don't care. I buy them to buy them. I don't care if I get number one or number 499 of a limited run. I I just want to be in on it. Um, But the question was, is it worth paying a premium for, say, a high number versus a not high number and would that interest you ken you're a guilty person for buying a lot of these so i'm going to go to you I've, first i've bought from the rockologist yes and very good packages um and i th- i believe i responded on that uh it was on facebook i think uh, tom asked about that and i i i said you know no random just random numbers i mean i wouldn't want to bu- uh, pay more for uh, to get number say one through five or something like that um you know i'd rather you know be one of the earlier people to order usually that's how it works is the the first orders lots of times uh the first people order usually get the lower numbers and uh, it goes on up from there if you're late in ordering a album or whatever uh you get a higher number it's just that's the way or it's just a luck of the draw thing too sometimes so yeah i'd rather just you know keep it at one price i don't want to pay more for a higher number or lower number um it's just it's more about the package and the music uh, number yeah it's nice to have a lower number sometimes oh yeah i got this you know well, i got the number one you know but uh it's it's not everything so yeah, and therein lies the problem that people get an invoice number that says one zero zero one. Ooh, I'm first in line, you know, or, or you know, <laughs> so my number should be higher. So I, I get the kind of the problem between, you know, ooh, I'm first. I was sitting there waiting to press, you know, add to cart right at the mm-hmm. go live time. Therefore, I should be rewarded by a high number. Whereas as a seller, I'm like just randomize the fucking things because keeping track of who ordered in what order and sending out is just a complete and utter nightmare mm-hmm. logistically. So it should all be randomized. But the the person at the end of the day, unless you can get rid 
sort of like any invoicing number and any, any identifiable way of suggesting what their number was. Just accept the product or don't put numbers on to say it is a limited edition of 500 copies. But then people say, well, yes. prove it. Yours, mine doesn't say that it's number at. It's a no-win situation. Daniel, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, if you want to go deeper into this area, it's something something from for Kiss My Wax. I just watched them a little bit. They were talking about double platinum release, and man, can they go deep into vinyl. Uh, but uh, for me, I, I just think it's great that someone takes the time to do proper releases of Kiss-related stuff that uh, haven't been released on vinyl like the Eric Carr thing there. And uh, actually, I saw someone write about hoping that they would do Live to Win next. I think that would be a great idea uh, as, as an album, if that's a possibility. But to me, the, this thing with numbers really doesn't matter at all because uh, I'm not buying, buying vinyl that much. Yeah. Lonnie, are you allowed to buy <laughs> vinyl? I am. Uh, <laughs> make sure no one's listening. And, um, but no, it doesn't make a difference to me if what number it is. You know, I got, I got, I have other things to worry about than than what number I get on a limited pressing. You know, and and I guess some people don't. Now, I'm not trying to criticize, but you know, it it doesn't matter. Do, it, it, if you want to pay more for for numbers one through five or whatever. Well, it is whatever it's worth. It's it's worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, but 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 you know that's. I, I have I have other other concerns. I, I mean, I just hope it arrives and it's doesn't have bent corners more than I'm worried that. Right. You know, then I'm worried about what number I get. So you know, I, I'm you know maybe I'm more I'm more worried about if I go to a concert if I ever go to a concert that about you know where my seats are more than I'm worried about my number on a limited vinyl. You know, if I'm first in line, let me be first in line to buy a concert ticket and get a good seat, not worry about where what my number is on a limited vinyl. Yeah, and I, I still like the idea of one of these pressings actually doing Live to Win or One Live Kiss. The, those are two that need to be done, as is uh, Bruce's Transformer on blue vinyl would be really mm-hmm. nice. There, again, there's so many, so many things, one for all on green vinyl. Are right. they selling it? All that stuff. Uh, they are selling records when they do do those. But for, you know, if they manage to move some units. Yeah, they. For they, example, they they thing, did, did they sell any enough to do another one? I mean. Of the air car. Yeah, I mean, did it go over well or? or... I don't know. I didn't buy one, so uh, I I presume they do well enough. At least I would hope so. Um, mm-hmm. But then, then again, it's all down to your down to your pressing numbers, your all the other actual costs behind doing it as to what makes sense. And obviously, some are going to be more desirable. I would think a Paul Stanley Live to Win will be more desirable than a Peter Chris One for All, strictly because the One for All has been out on vinyl previously, and the mm-hmm. Live to Win has not. And people are more likely going to want to play one than the other now because they, they probably heard one for all and that's enough and they'll play live to win a bit more you know strictly down to those sorts of things but you know 
I don't ever want to get involved or know about the kind of business side of what makes these things work. It's so nice to be a consumer. Yep. When mm-hmm. it comes to, when it comes to any kisser <laughs> product, it's better to be a consumer, unless you end up waiting for it for years, in which case. <laughs> right. All yes. right. So. Well, no, it, 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 it's it's not a it's not a snarky dig. It's just a it's a fair thing because it, it, what it takes to make anything happen is a uh, you know much more challenging than most people understand, and they don't care. They don't want to hear explanations. They just want their shit that they paid for. Yeah. So, all right, someone bumped a thread from 2006 on the FAQ. I mean, if you can go any deeper into <laughs> six, the they're digging nether- deep the nether regions of the FAQ message board. Um, what's the truth about Vinny? So what is your current of, uh, opinion of Vinny Vincent? And it's, it's kind of interesting because I, I was talking with uh, Daniel before we started this show a, a little bit, and it was like, what's my favorite album from the 80s? And I was like, I used to love Lick It Up. And then he came back. And everything he's done since has just made me so negative that whenever I listen to that album that I once loved and it used to pick me up and put me in a happy place, it no longer does so. Um, so that really kind of sums up my thinking on current Vinny, is that it was so wonderful hoping that he'd come back when he was out of the picture and less so once he came back into the picture and all the batshit crazy stuff came with him. So, what's my current opinion of Vinny? I hope he's happy. End of subject for me personally, because if I want to be happy listening to Unmasked uh, Kiss, I'll go play Asylum. I will no longer play Lick It Up to get to that happy space. Daniel? It's so interesting to hear how you're influenced by things I really don't think about when I listen to (laughs) We had the Metallic Kiss episode... Julian said, well, I, I couldn't put Gav Thunder on the list because the demo with Paul Stanley. <laughs> and then it continued. It ruined it for him. Hell, no way to get Julian's list because I saw the bad video during the concert. So it's quite fun to hear. To me, it doesn't really matter how he is. I knew it was bad crazy when he came back. He's always been. Uh, there are stories all the way back to when he was in Kiss. And especially when he went over to Europe in 95. It was a similar situation. He had been gone for a while. People were hoping that he would be, you know, stable. And uh, these guys, uh, Gerhard Wimmer, I don't know how you say it in Americanized language, Gerhard Gerhard Wimmer or something, is a KISS fanatic. And he took Vinny to Europe and it was a total train wreck. And he got into a lot of problems financially and all kinds of stuff. So already back then, people knew he was crazy. Uh, And uh, there was an interview with Nico, who did the Strike magazine. Uh, Three sides interviewed him last week or two weeks ago or something. And um, he told some stories about Vinny that, uh, you know, uh, he's he's a handful. Uh, and uh, no, he's always been crazy, but a great guitarist and a great songwriter. 
Yeah, I read the fanzines in, you know, the early 2000s that went back and spoke about the challenges of that 1995 tour. Um, Gerhard obviously wrote a very long um, piece on everything that went down. I haven't watched the Three Sides episode yet that kind of talks about it. But when you when you go back to me and my kind of mental reasoning, don't. Don't don't even, don't even try and figure it out. It's just not worth your time or energy, because it's yeah. uh, it's very spontaneous. Yeah. That's fun. Lonnie, you know, um, when I went to Atlanta for for his debut coming back, I was so so hopeful and apprehensive at the same time, because. I mean, I remember sitting there, Julian, and, and you were too. Up until the time he walked out, everyone in that room was still questioning, is this really going to happen? Up Because he was, cause, I mean, he was an hour late coming out, at least an hour late coming out. You know, the whole day was thrown off from the very beginning. And as time went on, he's late coming out. We're just like, is this really happening? Is this really happening? And, and then... My wife, who wasn't in the room because she didn't really, she didn't buy a ticket. She was, I really don't need to meet this guy. <laughs> so she was in, she was um, over by your merchandise table, actually. And she says, she goes, I think I just saw him. Like, he's here. She goes, if that's him. And like, if you're questioning if it's him, it probably is. <laughs> so, um, so I remember sitting there and she, her texting me, like, I, he's, he is here. And I'm like, oh, well, that's good. So, but, you know, and that whole weekend, we, we, we talked about that weekend, you know, extensively. And you can go back and listen to it. Um, if you're going to dig through the archives of this show, we're digging through the archives of the board. But, you know, we talked about that weekend. And, it, you know, it was full of hope and anticipation. And, you know, but I left there that weekend satisfied. You know, he came back. He fulfilled his promise. You know, was the event um, a disorganized disaster? 100%, absolutely. But I couldn't. But I couldn't blame him for that. He didn't organize the event. Sure, he was an hour late the first day, but I mean, whatever. But it it wasn't his fault. All, all the all the nonsense that went on that weekend. But I but I left there very happy. That I was happy I got to go. I was happy that I got to meet him finally. Um, very satisfied and and very hopeful for his future. That you know maybe this was going to be the start of something. And obviously just went downhill from there. I don't think it ever went, I don't think it went uphill from there at all. I think it peaked that weekend and everything just went downhill. And then the story of the next appearance, you hear like, Oh, well it was like this. And I go, that's not encouraging, you know? And then it just gradually just went down and down and down till where we're at now. And it's like, we're, we're exactly where we were prior to the announcement of Atlanta. Like, you know, he's just basically, you know, gone again. And, you know, once in a while he might pop up and release an uh, insanely expensive product and everybody kind of laughs about it. And then that's about it. So, you know, to Julian, to echo what Julian said, you know, I hope he's happy. I hope he's content with life. I hope, you know, things are, things are okay in his world, but I'm I'm glad, but I'm glad I got to meet him because I don't think that that opportunity is gonna ever be there again. 
Yeah, no kidding. Crowds and plagues of Vinny. That's <laughs> not a good mix. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad I got to meet him too. But, you know, coming off Atlanta, you know, the next announcement was kind of, you know, a plateau was getting him to Atlanta. Then it would have been Nashville. And then it was Flatline after that. And that was kind of the end. Though he did follow through with appearances and make a lot of people happy. Or not yeah. a lot of people. Well, depends on your perspective of what a lot means. But... He did continue to make people happy with the appearance in Miami. He did show up to these uh, park and play event things in Nashville. So he has done continued events and you know at other functions as well. But I, I think a lot of people's hopes were dashed. And yeah, I remember in Atlanta we were sitting there. We we're like, holy shit, he, he's in there. He's actually in there being interviewed by Eddie. Is he gonna walk through the door or is he gonna walk out the back door? You know. Right. So. It, it, it happened. Derek delivered. Uh, Derek organized. Vinny disorganized. And, you know, there it kind of all was. Ken, your thoughts on Vinny now versus 2006? Versus 2006? <laughs> oh, well. Well, the before yeah, and after. It's, yeah, I know, I know. Well, it's, it's nice that, yeah, he, he came out of wherever he was and yeah, did that appearance you guys were lucky enough to go to. Um, yeah, but I agree. It all went, you know, he was going to appear here and then appear there and everything kept falling through. Uh, now it's down to just those either, you know, monster conventions or whatever, or his own Christmas party thing or, or whatever. Uh, that thing, I think originally was going to be at Graceland. That that <laughs> never happened. I think you know he, he has the ability maybe to do it if if and maybe people are not uh, willing to put their money on the line for the fear of him canceling out on things. Uh, so I think that's hurt him in trying to draw people. Um, to events, um, you know, as a way of making, you know, some money. Um, I think he needs to gain uh, their trust back of his fans, a lot of the fans, you know, including, you know, Julian, myself, you know, people like us who would love to hear maybe him do you know, more music. Um, maybe he can do that and then start having some appearances, uh, uh, regarding that, um, play a small club. I know that never ha seems to happen because he doesn't like the the person singing uh, for him or or the the guy. He doesn't like drum drummers or this or that. You know, put something together and do a real performance, um, not just it, yourself noodling. I don't get it. I mean, writing songs, you can sit by yourself, all alone in your little house in Nashville, do it on the computer, send the files to anyone anywhere in the world. You don't have to meet a single person. So the digital era would be perfect for a guy like Vinnie Vincent in order yeah. to make music. 100%. There's pro tools to use and, and so on. They can put it all together yeah. as a band, whatever. Um, so, I mean, there's people that do their own music and use you know, uh, electronics to to fill in the other music instruments if they don't know how to play them. Um, you know, that can be done too. And he can sing. I know he has a good voice, so mm -hmm. he can sing it himself, put something out. But I, I don't know. 
how I feel about it. I'm not like, you know, in Julian's head where <laughs> he's affected and it affects, you know, look at, I mean, I, I, I listen to look it up. I, I love look it up. I don't think about it's one person. Um, it doesn't read me the wrong way. No drawback, you know. So, um, I, you know, I again, just like you, Julian, I, I, I wish he, you know, I wish him well. I hope he's doing fine, whatever he, he does. But I think he, when he does come out, he's he just tends to shoot himself in the foot. Yeah, let me make clear. You know that that whole in my head thing right now is just I'm, I'm in a very negative place that I'm just being inundated by negativity, and you know, I'm just being worn down. So I will get over it, no doubt, and get okay. back to the part where I can just play any kiss album and be a happy camper again. So, um, getting back to negativity. <laughs> Um, with COVID trending back up in the U.S., does that affect your view of the end of the road and what may come next? Because obviously the, the band has been forced into a, now what is an extended hiatus from the road. They've missed the European legs of the tour. Daniel, that will have affected you. Um, they're going to miss probably the U.S. autumn run. They canceled the last few dates of the last U.S. run. Um, Australia probably gets screwed again. So... What are your thoughts on that? I mean, where do you would you go to a concert in the next six months and get into a crowd and mm. feel confident to be within a few feet of several thousand other people of undetermined hygiene and quarantining? And also, for that matter, do you think Kiss should rebrand the whole end of the road thing now that they've been forced into an extended break? and just call it something else for the final run um which i i certainly do think that the end of the road now just get rid of it all uh be done with it sell off that merch rebrand it so that everyone who bought end of the road stuff has to buy new you know one last time the genius the last last <laughs> final time this is really genius. it um or, we really mean it this time yeah <laughs> COVID prevented us from doing it for reals, but now we're absolutely sick. No, um, blame it on commercially to me. It makes sense to get rid of everything that is kind of sullied by COVID and the air. They had the great run. Now they should kind of call it something else for the final, um, you know, slip and slide into the water of retirement. But for me, I'm not going to any concerts anytime soon. I don't have any tickets. I, have everything refunded i won't even go on the cruise next year it, it's uh, it's a personal preference that i just don't have enough data in order to really know where it's going and having been sick multiple times from it um i've got a little bit more of a perspective of just how bad it can be and to have been coughed on by people who didn't wear a mask is just like the ultimate insult after surviving the fucking thing in the first place so mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I was stupid not to have my mask up, but there you go. It, it, it's just too much risk. There's too much. There's too much politics that go around with it as well. I can't wait to go to a show. If there was going to be like a Peter Chris one in New York City, and Peter said I'm going to do it. It's going to be in October of this year, or else I'm. I would be there. I'd be buying tickets. Would I buy tickets to a Vinny? No. If it was something really special, I would do it. 
but for the most part the kind of the casual thing it's such a pain in the ass to go to shows anyway and then you read about all the kind of things that live nations up to uh the the monopolies with these shows mm. but we've got so many of these tours that have been put on hold the crew def leppard thing the guns and roses got to mm-hmm. have another chance for that and and who knows what else in terms of reunions while these bands realize that they're really not getting royalty checks through this um lonnie go back to you on that since i said guns and roses yeah i mean my i was supposed to get i i had we had our tickets for august to go to we were gonna drive up to indianapolis because you know all those concerts that were getting announced like in january and february were like oh that'd be cool it'd be cool and like oh hang on you know, let's just wait let's wait and then they announced that and like we jumped on it and it's like you know that's one that's one thing that you know one kind one band that we we both love and it's like yeah we're we're going and we're spending money big money to go to that i don't care you know um so but it's postponed so you know get to hold my money which is nice so um i don't know i mean i remember we we had this conversation back in like march and april when things were getting shut down and things were like shut down all over and everything was shut down you know i i I was hopeful that oh you know what by, by fall you know we should we should be up and going by then and you know it it doesn't look likely at all that something like that's going to be able to take place as far as large crowds go. i mean I'm, I'm just hopeful that that these sporting events can get off the ground in the united states even without fans i mean just give me something to watch on tv besides freaking reruns of like how, many, how many times can i watch the same episode of the office over and over again i need something else to watch so I, I'm really hopeful about sports and, you know, some days I feel good about it. Some days I come home from work and I really don't feel good about it. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But as far as, as far as concerts go, I think concerts are going to be like the last thing to come back. I mean, cause that's, I mean, come on, we've all been to a concert and the guy sitting next to you is gross and it's not a freaking pandemic going on. <laughs> Not usually, of course. No, like, yes, the guy sitting next to me was Ken. You're, oh. you're offending him. Well, well, they turned you. They, they, they turned to your left. Then. The guy on the other side. The guy on the other side. Well, we've all been at a concert, and and like, I sat at a concert before with my brother, and he were sitting there in between bands, and he's looking around, and he's like, he's like, my God, he goes, where did some of these people work? <laughs> and we walked out of a concert, and he goes. You know, if the whole world were to just implode tonight and the only thing left standing is this arena, he goes, you and I would run the plant. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've all been to concerts. You're like, oh, my gosh, look at him. He's a disaster. We've all been there. And and that's a terrible thing to say. You don't know the person. The guy, you know, may just, you know, you know, it's a different person on the weekends than he is during the week. You might be the CEO of a company. I really don't know. Right. But we've all but we've all thought things like that when we've been at a concert. Like, oh my gosh, that guy hasn't bathed in a week. <laughs> I mean, come on. So that being said, if this guy hasn't bathed in a week, I mean, are we really not ready to go sit next to this guy at a show full of sixty thousand, twenty, even twenty, ten thousand people? Not for a while. Not till not till some kind of more of a handle gets placed on this than just social distancing and wearing a mask. So, I mean, I, I think we're a ways away. We're a, we're a vaccine away, if, you know, and then 
you know, is the vaccine safe? And then, then there's, you know, a whole different set of questions. So I, unfortunately, I think we're a ways away and, and KISS being their age and, um, you know, the health risks that come along with, you know, we've, we've all read, read things about, you know, you know, the higher, the greater the age, the, the more the health risk. I mean, are they really going to be ready to come back and say, yeah, we're going to go back out on tour? in 2021 2022 whenever that is i mean the gene will be 71 72 or has kiss kind of had their last hurrah in lubbock texas and we didn't even know it at the time kind of like charleston south carolina in 2000 and we didn't know it at the time history has a way of repeating itself sometimes yeah maybe their last hurrah is a pay-per-view because uh, are they willing to get up on stage and die for the people you just described? <laughs> <laughs> In such elegant words. And that, that is, is, of course, Lonnie who said all that. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I thought you were usually sitting next to Joe as well. You know, I'm sure he's going to be a fan. You, you're going to get a phone call. You're in trouble now. Yep. Uh, Daniel, what, what are your thoughts, especially with some of the larger European crowds that uh, American audiences just don't understand? Yeah, I was looking forward to going to see Kiss once again on this tour, and uh, Stockholm, we were going to be 35,000. Uh, I won't be near that kind of crowd anytime soon. So, uh, as Lonnie said, concerts might be the last thing that comes back. So, uh, I'm not getting my hopes up, uh, and if you can't really whine because you're missing concerts when people are dying. But uh, I was going to see Ramstein one weekend and the following weekend Kiss. I had my hopes up. So we all have to find other ways uh, to to have some fun. Um, me personally, I like to be outdoors, um, you know, hiking, uh, fishing, uh, driving my boat. Uh, going to my cabin, going out with a friend or two, uh, sleepovers in tents on the in the Swedish mountains, uh, that kind of stuff. So so that has really um, been something I've been doing this summer. You know, we have a pretty long vacation here in Sweden. I have six weeks, so I have a lot of time to fill. Not sure how long vacation you guys have, but uh, probably a bit shorter. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, but but uh, so so that has really grown on me the, the outdoor living, uh, so to speak, the, the outdoors. So so that's what I've been doing. I, I, and I've put concerts way back in my head, and I don't try to think of it uh, because I'm not sure there will be any concerts, maybe even next year. So uh, and as long as had they're getting up there in age, <coughs> will they be able to, to finish finish this tour? I'm not sure. Yeah, at least Rammstein has enough pyro to kill any COVID in the neighborhood. Ken? Well, I recently watched, I don't know if you saw this, I don't know, I came across it because I was looking for something else, but Gene Simmons had a video um, with a whole bunch of guys, uh, Gene Simmons and the Captains of Industry Conference. I don't know if you saw that, but it's on his website, the GeneSimmons.com, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I'll check it out. So I listened to some of it. Um, you know, other people were talking about, I mean, there's a whole bunch of, 
people involved um, that were on video and screen here. Um, and they were talking about, you know, COVID and, the, you know, how it affects their business and that sort of thing, too. Um, but Gene Simmons did say that we're going to we're going to finish the tour. Basically, we are going to finish. It may take longer, he said, uh, a year or two out. Uh, but he said they're going to they plan on finishing the, you know, end of the road tour. Um, but yeah, I do agree with you, Julian, that maybe they should rebrand it. Uh, I don't know if they had just saying part two would make any sense, you know, do anything like that. But I think it should be something else like we, you know, uh, the, you know, kiss or, you know, we survived tour or something. Uh, and then uh, they could do like. Farewell Tour 3 after that. Then <laughs> after that, yeah, a couple of years later. <laughs> um, it, so do I think they're going to do it? I think they're going to continue. Now, I don't know if that July 17th, 2021 is really going to be that last show. I think they're going to have to move it out beyond what this tour. So that's going to have to be pushed maybe a year or two later. Maybe a year later, if assuming, again, there's a, a vaccine and and this thing, you know, stops or not you know, necessarily gets, a vaccine, just better odds. <clears throat> vaccine, much, much better odds. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I agree though that maybe they should call it something else. Just yeah, like you said, Julian, sell all that end of the road stuff and bring something fresh. A new, a new slogan, new something, and then, you know, they could, uh, you know, put new costumes, even, you know, freshen it up, just freshen it all up, uh, and have something coincide with it, or like a release, and they make some more money. So. I mean, uh, Jesus Christ, does this not get Paul Stanley thinking about climbing mountains, and I'm gonna persevere, and nothing's gonna keep me down, and right down there. Write a song. <laughs> you know, it, you're going to need a theme song for the Farewell Tour 2. Well, uh, Gene Simmons wrote a song for him, something about keep your tail between your legs or something. You know, but keep, uh, keep your tail between your backbone slipping. There you go. <laughs> all right. Good, good thoughts and all that. But I, I think it, everything gets moved forward by 18 months. Final show, January the 31st. Or what was it, 30th, January, whatever the 50th anniversary, 1973. 2023. Yeah. New York City. On the 50th anniversary. Yep, that would be. Shut it down. Not not New York City in January, please. Um, maybe in warmer climate, you know. Oh, California. Somewhere a little bit more reachable. <laughs> um, Closer to home for Los, them, which San Francisco, Los Angeles. No, no yeah. San Francisco. That would be colder than New York, um, even without the snow. But there we go. All right, final <laughs> final mini topic for today's discussion. And we kind of, or I kind of, bagged on it last week. You know, the bootleg box sets that come out that don't have to deal with any of the copyright issues and all that. They are fa fantastic product. And if Universal and Kiss aren't doing them because they won't sell enough to what some bean counter in Department A, Meredith, damn it, says they're going to make, um, you know, someone else will. And they become very popular. They're selling for, what, 300 bucks or something a pop? Mm. They're really mm. steep. Um, what would be your ultimate box? If you were the person that 
was designing one and was going to put it out to the fans, not worrying about copyright, not worrying about cutting and pasting from various sources to build those beautiful glossy books with full of photos and music. Mine is something that Universal would never do. It'll be the ultimate Crazy Nights box. It'll be a, you know, the demos, some of the best live shows, um, some of the rare tracks, and all that, and the videos, of course, all packaged up into a beautiful uh, well, package with picture book, tour dates, everything like that. Um, and someone could probably come up with a remaster of the album as well, for that matter. That just makes the Sonics a little bit more warm than the clinically produced version that is on the album. Because there are no limitations. Daniel, what would be your ultimate bootleg box? Actually, I would make a metallic box. It would have to be pretty huge. Uh, and there would be some blood and bullets on it. Bullet holes. And... Uh, <laughs> Lonnie is liking that already. In order to open it, maybe Lonnie has the same idea, I don't know. And on it, it would say, The Revenge Era. It's <laughs> nice. So my idea. You open it up, and of course, you need a booklet. So I would include a huge booklet uh, covering all the tours. And... Uh, some people might say, well, the revenge era. They played in the States for a few months and it went nowhere. Well, that's actually not true. They did quite a few tours, uh, if you break it down. So so uh, I would have photos from the club tour that was they started out in, in America. Then they went to the UK for a few days. I missed that those dates with like two weeks. I was there in the UK a bit too late. That's one of my big downers uh and then they had the revenge stadium tour that is the proper revenge tour but other than that you could include photos from south america 94 mm -hmm. some beautiful shots from there japan 95 australia 95 and put it all you could even include some stuff from the foundations forum in 93 or uh, those dates they did for some festivals mm -hmm. the blaze fest and the blaze fest in arizona arizona state gibson. fair you've got the so, gibson uh, anniversary yeah conventions i also like new stuff i need something i'm a little bit against you know re-releasing old stuff all the time the same old same old so you would have to include something new in the booklet so i will if i was the guy doing this i would buy a lot of photos from like Nico from Strike Magazine, unpublished photos, have have them in, in the book, in the booklet. And I will also add interviews with fans who were attending the shows. So like a guy from Australia could talk about the Australian 95 tour, uh, uh, some personal stories, uh, how it was, because it was kind of a frenzy in Australia, even in 95. And there are some videos online when, the, when Kiss are uh, arriving in Australia and the fans goes, Go, they go nuts. Um, so there should be some pretty exciting stories from there. So all these personal stories and unreleased photos in a big glossy booklet, the revenge era with the blood and the things um, on the cover. So that would be included. When it comes to the music, well, uh, I would like to, I actually prefer CDs, but maybe we, we need to do picture discs LPs. I don't know if people would buy it, would buy more 
uh, units if, if you made picture discs, but but something with the music, uh, beautiful uh, pictures, of course, live photos on, on, on the discs. And I would pick one of my favorite bootlegs is, uh, well, I think it's from Brooklyn, the club tour, 92, excellent sounding, lots of energy. Uh, and then you would have to need have something from from the stadium tour, maybe um, Dayton or Dayton. I'm, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Daytona or Dayton. 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 Okay. Yeah. In '92, that one. And then I would actually have the revenge rehearsals. There's a good copy of that one as well from Bethlehem in '92. And the final disc would be the revenge demos. There's a few floating around, mm. a lot of uh, instrumentals. But if you could dig really deep, maybe you could get a hold of Bruce Kulick's uh, rapper version of Paralyzed, that he, you actually can hear a little bit of if you listen to what's the name of that show, the vinyl, uh, the vinyl, um, well, the 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 behind the vinyl, Kulick was interviewed. For for that show and he played a snippet if you haven't heard it from paralyzed with a rapper on it uh, not my cup of tea but it would be perfect for this time this type of, of uh, box set um, maybe even you could get a hold of do you want to touch me now and put that on that on as well uh, so that would be the music but um, I actually enjoy uh, watching kiss as well so you would have to have blu-rays or dvds there are a few shows that you could that you could have in the box that that looks pretty they look pretty good like santiago 94 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i would have that one on this uh, buenos aires 94 tokyo 95 and uh, actually MTV covered the club tour and did like a sort of a special. Uh, so there's some pretty good footage. It's one camera, but from the club tour. So that would be on there as well. And then I would have Andrew Skimbadi do sort of a, uh, you know, a revenge era DVD in the vein of, <laughs> of you know, the videos he'd done where you try to put the the, the revenge era in. You go like in a time capsule and, and you see clips of Bill Clinton doing stuff and you can have the L.A. riots. Well, <laughs> ho- hopefully not him doing stuff. I, 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 I'm not paying for that. Yeah, he didn't do any stuff. It was someone else who did stuff to him. Uh, anyway. And, uh, not paying to watch that either. Of, uh, no. Remember, Daniel said that. I, I would actually include the speech. I did not have sexual relations with that woman <laughs> and um then i would uh, have the emergent uh, when, when grunge came maybe a few clips from, of uh, alice in chains real great band uh, or stone temple pirate pilots and maybe stone temple pilots when they play in makeup you know the, as they did in mm-hmm. 93 um in kiss makeup uh, and also, I would have the guy that made Ace's la- latest video, you know, the, the animated thing. Uh, would have that guy do Unholy and uh, take it off in the same vein, but with the Revenge Era guys running around and doing stuff. Uh, that would look pretty cool. 
Uh, and also you have lots of interviews you could throw in there. The Headbangers Ball special from 92 in Europe. Real good interview. Uh, maybe there aren't a lot of good footage of the UK tour, but there's two songs from Wembley in, in 92 uh, that are pretty good. I Stole Your Love and Deuce. So I would have them on as well. And then you could just throw in interviews from Australia and Japan and so on. So that would be the the DVDs. Man, this is a great box. Uh, I wish someone would do this. Uh, but finally, you need some extras, some 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 small things. Um, I saw this cool-looking, really ugly revenge dolls at one point. <laughs> I would have those included. I'll just show you. Julian's a big fan of the dolls. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, but, but they are so ugly that it's perfect. It's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll just show you briefly. Have you seen these? Uh, where are they? The, I don't know if you can see them. There is Gene, Paul, Bruce. Interesting. Eric. Those are terrible. Yeah, they're, they're terrible, great. But they're perfect. <laughs> they're great at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Gene. I don't know. It's really bad. But uh. uh a cool little, instead of, you know, like a button or, or a, a pin or something, these dolls would be a whole lot better, cooler. <laughs> and uh, what else? Uh, uh, yeah, one thing I, I also like when it comes to merchandise is something that you can actually use. So like a deck of cards with pictures of, of the band members and also include Eric Carr from the Gun Gave Rock and Roll video in, in, in the deck of cards. And some sort of patch, maybe even a back patch uh, in the, you know, how they looked back in the 80s. I haven't seen one from the Revenge era. So that would be kind of cool. And maybe also include some replicas that they actually released that didn't do a whole lot of merchandise. But you had some kind of fun stuff like uh, the Revenge bandana, kind of cool. And the Kiss condoms from 92. <laughs> with the unholy skull and mm. or maybe just a bag of air guitar strings that's kind of fun so that would be wow. my metallic box nice. holy cow you for know the, you'd buy it for eight payments I'd of three thousand dollars no and uh, do you want to touch me now it circulates out there it's all over the places like the worst kept secret out there after the i video became so Ken, all right, what what's your ultimate kiss box? Uh, I just want everything in one box. <laughs> I don't have to wait all the time because if, if, if they're gonna do thirty albums or twenty whatever, uh, it's gonna take forever uh, at this pace. Um, I I want to see them out before before I'm six foot under, you know. <laughs> so. Um, you know, if they're gonna do it, I thought, you know, why not do it in in an era kind of thing? Uh, maybe kind of like nothing to lose, you know, the book, right? You have do the first album through alive, and then after that, do um, destroyer through, you know, unmasked or something like that, right? Um, but in, in capital, you know. Put a, everything in those that five year or whatever period of time. Um, yeah, I want to hear all the demos. I want to have all that on CD, definitely on CD, the demos, and 
and maybe remastered original stuff um any extras live stuff best live recordings you can come up with during that time period uh, for you know 74 75 76 that few, you know few years get all the best stuff um uh also live video any live video you can get uh out of the woodworker that they have or other people have um and then book you know yeah a nice book that has the beginning and shows uh newspaper articles and reviews good or bad pictures live pictures of them on stage at those different times uh and and uh what i say i said blu-ray we have video um and other things you know posters at the time maybe the some of the uh advertising uh, for their concerts at that time period some of those kind of things that could be also in a book versus an actual poster or postcards or whatever you want to do um but just have a detailed and a lot of more detail about the recordings and about the time period and what was going on and uh, it's kind of a time capsule too uh, of that time period and just do it like that otherwise you know that's just one way of doing it i'd rather them just like i said to put everything in one huge thing just give me everything everything that you have uh and more more regarding the music their music unreleased music and their their video um you know concert kind of uh, video stuff that hopefully we haven't seen some of it I'm nice. not going to go into anymore. I could go on forever, of course. We can no, go on we, forever. We always, stuff. We always, but always. it's it's just, you know, we'd like to see something from them. Yeah. All right, Lonnie, what would your ultimate revenge box contain? Well, I'm not going to do a revenge box since Daniel just talked about a revenge box. What, what I think would really be cool, and it's something that they really dropped the ball on, if you can believe that they dropped the ball on something, and that is a box set to commemorate the reunion tour because they never did anything I mean, as successful as that monster was. They put out the second coming, which is cool, but they never put out a lot. I mean, that should have been a live four is mm-hmm. a show from the or a compilation of shows from the reunion tour. I mean, you're the biggest band in the world. You at the time you've made a living and you've made your staple in rock and roll off of your live albums. You've just packed arenas and stadiums all over the country. Why didn't you put out some kind of live product when that tour was over to kind of, you know, feed our, our kiss hunger between that and psycho circus. It would only have made sense. I mean, they could have been working. I mean, they could have, you know, obviously they filmed every night. They could have, taken that and cleaned it up some while they're on tour or, you know, during breaks on tour and clean it up some and put it out by the time um, they came back around the States in 97 when they did the Lost Cities tour and then went back to Europe to finish the tour. But I mean, obviously they didn't do that. So my ultimate box set would be a reunion box set. Put multiple shows, put that Tiger Stadium I mean, I know we have the Tiger Stadium on Kissology, but there's there I bet there's better mixes than just the soundboard um that's on the kissology you know the the tiger stadium the madison square garden some of those shows from your audio and video of on both of them you know 
give me give me the alive album that we should have gotten from the reunion tour um give me give me a big ass photo book from the reunion tour documenting that give me some of the rehearsals give me some of that rehearsals as embarrassing as it might have have been even at the beginning and knowing gene and paul they probably would love to show you how embarrassing it was maybe at the beginning even too you know say hey this is what we had to work with type thing you know as in typical gene and paul vein so i would have i would love something from the reunion tour you know blu-rays a big ass book um and some and some and some live shows from there you know new york detroit some of those big stadium shows you know the, the show in japan where gene lost his voice give me that whole show where gene lost his voice and paul had to sing the whole thing i mean there's bootlegs of it i have it you know but g- give me a give me a cleaned up awesome copy of that so that that's my big i mean and you know, we, we've talked about, oh, they should have done something for Japan 2001. You know, I'm just going to focus on the reunion tour because that was just the most magical time to be a Kiss fan. And it was not it was never documented as, as it should have been. Oh, 2021 is coming. 25th anniversary of the, re- the reunion. So uh, why not? The best of the reunion, you know, a selection of shows from there would be really cool. And Mick Andrew do a multicam as well would be really nice. <laughs> you know, there's some great bootlegs. Uh, oh, yeah. Burning Stockholm was mm-hmm. always one of my favorites, as was Your Housen is My Housen, Oberhausen. Uh, you know, absolutely fantastic. And Osaka with, uh, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Gene. And, you know, for the pro shots that, you know, well, they're not the pro shots, they're the uh, camera feeds, I guess. You know, you've got Toledo, you've got Columbus, you've got... Atlanta. Yeah, well, Atlanta was the Japan broadcast. So, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff that could be kind of... Especially if it doesn't involve official stuff that could be put together, which would be really nice. I would love to hear rehearsals. And I saw a torrent yesterday that was actually the... um, recorded outside the Tiger Stadium parking lot of the rehearsals or the sound check for the Tiger Stadium show, which is really cool. Mm. Uh, Lonnie's got to be ace. <laughs> With Damn it. Stupid damn backgrounds. There we go. God, these things are just going to make everyone dizzy. All right, so there we are. That's a whole bunch of assorted topics. And, you know, what are your thoughts on those? What would be your ultimate bootleg box now that these things seem to be the only way to get? Um any cool stuff packaged together uh what are your thoughts on some of those releases did you enjoy peter chris's sing-along session shame on you if you didn't but if you didn't what would you love him to do what's your box set julian it was the crazy nice one oh that's right right. you know the band will never do it so might as well have the bootleggers put one together properly and you know maybe an animalized one for that matter you know with a uh with an animal skin box. There we mm. go. Yeah, and a coupon for Paul's Pumas. All right, so let's leave that there for this week. Thank you all for joining us. Chime in on all these topics wherever you may listen to us. Uh, but for now, from Ken, from Lonnie, Daniel, myself, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.